أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد ما شاء الله by Allah's fadl we've reached this mubarak now what 19th month of 19th night of Ramadan Alhamdulillah, and uh, tonight's uh, majlis is coming to you from Masjid Abdul Raqib in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Baton Rouge, for most of my life, was a place I only knew uh, as the capital of Louisiana, and I had no idea what Louisiana uh, is or was. But here we were, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, our gracious hosts, Bhai uh, Yasin uh, from originally of Dearborn, and Bhai uh, Farouk. Uh, 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 mashallah, two of our elders uh, in the work uh, uh, of, of deen and the effort of da'wah, mashallah, and Moana, Moana Bilal Saab, mashallah, uh, as well, who is a, a former student of the Darulum in New York and uh, 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 a graduate of the Darulum in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, all uh, esteemed elders, uh, uh, members of uh, the African American community, mashallah. And uh, mashallah, they're holding the post here in Baton Rouge. I asked them if uh, there's any such thing as halal gator in these parts. They uh, they laughed at me as they well should. Uh, but uh, inshallah, keep hope alive, uh, as they say. Uh, inshallah, one day soon. Uh, mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah, that's right. Sheikh, you ever met Mulana Sayyid Abdul Hassan Ali Nadwi in Jamaat or in India or whatever? Which mashaykh did you meet? From the elders. Mufti Zain al Abidin. Uh, yeah, all that old crowd from that time, uh, from Bangladesh, from Al Abdul Aziz, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dadabai. I mean, just, I can't hardly remember a lot of them right now, but yeah, most of those shaykhs, I would say the Tabari of Malala is Ilya. MashaAllah. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Kabira. Well, MashaAllah. Some of them were actually uh, Sahaba of them, though. Like, and then Mahatma was a Sahaba. Malana Elias and Malana Yusuf both, you know? Allahu Akbar. Kabira. Malana Shaykh Al Hassan, MashaAllah, was also a great Shaykh of our tariqah. And uh, he was also, MashaAllah, the Amir of the effort of Tabligh. And a man who was constantly engaged in dhikr and dua. And uh, I don't know, you know, if people met Tabligh Jamaat uh, brothers, they probably like me. Uh, uh, turn them away from the deen or whatever but those were the actual mashaykh they were not like they're not like us and so that's why I say that that the uh, brothers like Sheikh Bhai uh, Farooq um, uh, you know these are elders because in our deen we say that the person who receives nisbah is the one who you know gets it from the person directly and so my father never met any of these mashaykh but Bhai uh, Farooq did and uh, uh, you know being desi doesn't uh, you know doesn't serve you unless you use it uh, uh, and so mashallah so these are the people Allah Ta'ala gave them this ghanima and that's why they're the ones who are favored with uh, holding the light in uh, in these places Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it mustaqir and mustamir Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, plant it firmly and make it overwhelm uh, the darkness as is the quality Allah Ta'ala has put in light Amin. So we continue uh, reading from Mulana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi's uh, 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 Saviors of the Islamic Spirit in which he was quoting a relatively antagonistic kafir by the name of uh, 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 by the name of uh, uh, Arnold, 
uh, who uh, was narrating the story of how it is that the different commanders and chieftains of the Mongols entered into Islam. So we left off in the middle of what was a very long quote because yesterday's majlis uh, it, it kind of went on a little bit too long. So we'll, we'll continue. Uh, Arnold, uh, he says, he quotes Arnold, he says, To the student of the history of the Mongols, it is a relief to pass from the recital of nameless horrors uh, and continual bloodshed to a document emanating from a Mongol prince and giving expression to such humane and benevolent sentiments, uh, which sounds strange indeed coming from such lips. Quote, a, rev a, re a revolt broke out against him. Uh, 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 Takudar Ahmed, one of the Mongol uh, chiefs, headed by his nephew Arghun, uh, 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 who uh, compassed his death and succeeded him on the throne. During his brief reign, Christians were once more restored to favor while the Muslims had to suffer persecution uh, in their turn. Uh, they were dismissed from their posts and driven away from the court. The successors of Takudar were all heathens until in 1299, uh, 95, I, I, I say, uh, Ghazan. Uh, Ghazan was uh, a prince who accepted Islam. He took the, the Muslim name Mahmud. He said until in 1295, Ghazan, the seventh and greatest of the Ilkhans, became a Muslim and made Islam the ruling religion in Persia. Ghazan himself, before his conversion, had been brought up as a Buddhist and had erected several Buddhist temples in Khurasan and took uh, great pleasure in the company of the priests of this faith who had come into Persia in large numbers since the establishment, establishment of Mongol supremacy over that country. It's very interesting, actually. Buddhism has uh, very good PR in, in the United States. And of course, we don't bear any sort of particular ill will to any uh, human being. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, it's important as a student, as a, in a stu student of history to know that uh, by the numbers, by statistics, probably the one, uh, not probably without a doubt, the one, Christ the one religion that has statistically perpetrated the most uh, uh, genocide in terms of like just numbers of people killed is Christianity by far. And number two is Buddhism. Muslims are not even anywhere on the uh, on the on the chart compared to uh, compared to them, and uh, uh, most of the uh, older Mongols before their con conversions, they were either they vacillated between Nestorian Christianity, Eastern Christianity, and between Lamaist Buddhism, uh, 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 and uh, to this day the Oirats and Kalmuks uh, from the Turks that live way way like towards Siberia, uh, closer to Lake Baikal. Uh, and, and whatnot, uh, that they, they still follow that Lamaist faith. And uh, it's very clear that uh, if you look at the genocide that's happening in Burma, uh, what they call Myanmar now, uh, or if you look at Sri Lanka uh, uh, or even some places in Thailand, a great section of anti-Muslim animus comes from uh, the, uh, the Buddhist uh, priesthood and monks. Uh, who uh, uh, oftentimes uh, are very virulent and accurately uh, anti-Muslim and relatively obnoxious and xenophobic in terms of their outlook. Of course, this is not all, uh, all Buddhists, but uh, uh, it, it is something that, for whatever reason, the students of history in America haven't really come to terms with. Um, and so Ghazan himself was, uh, before his conversion to Islam, he was, uh, he was a Buddhist. Uh, indeed, the Turks themselves, by and large, were Buddhists. They, they, during the life of the Prophet most of them were Manichaeist. Manichaeism is an Iranian dualistic religion that, that uh, went extinct at some point in the past. I think St. Augustine was a Manichaean at some point as well, before his conversion to Christianity. 
um, and then from Manichaeism, they and mass become Buddhist at some point, and then afterward, after they come in uh, contact with Islam, they all become Muslims. Uh, east of there's a particular river somewhere like in Siberia and the Turks have an agreement amongst themselves that if any Kafir goes west of that river the Muslim Turks are not gonna uh, are not gonna uh, let him go but if they want to uh, stay uh, safe they just stay east of that river this was an ancient uh, uh, agreement that they had and the Turks then by and by 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 and large and en masse they all become Muslims uh, uh, except for in this very remote remote geographical regions uh, so he says, uh, uh, large numbers uh, of, of the priests of that faith had entered into Persia since the establishment of Mongol supremacy in that country. Uh, he appears, Yani Ghazan, to have naturally been uh, uh, of a religious turn of mind, for he studied the creeds of the different religions of his time and used to hold discussions with the learned doctors of each faith. Rashiduddin, his learned minister and the historian in his reign, maintained the genuineness of his conversion to Islam and the religious religious observances of which he zealously kept throughout his whole reign. Uh, uh, through this, his contemporaries and later writers have often re-echoed the imputation uh, uh, represented him as having only yielded to the solicitations of some emirs and sheikhs. Ibn Kathir also relates in the Chronicles for the year 694 of Hijra that Ghazan embraced Islam during that year. The accounts left by other historians show that the conversion of Ghazan was brought about through a pious Turk, Amir uh, Tuzaun, uh, in name. Uh, uh, Ibn Kathir, uh, his version of the story uh, is as follows. In this year, the great-grandson of Chinggis Khan, uh, Ghazan bin Arghun bin Ira bin Tuli bin Chinggis Khan, uh, announced his conversion to the faith of Islam along with all or majority of the Tatars under him. Uh, through the persuasion of Amir uh, uh, Tuzaun, uh, upon whom may rest the peace of God. Pearls, gold and silver balls were showered upon those who declared their allegiance to Islam. The king renamed himself as Mahmud and attended Friday services. A number of heathen temples and churches were demolished and the jizya poll tax was levied on them. Goods and properties were confiscated from Baghdad and other Muslim cities. Uh, uh, the goods and properties that were confiscated in Baghdad and other Muslim cities were returned, and justice was restored to them. Rosaries were seen in the hands of Tatars. The Sibhas, the Tasbis, the Tatars were seen now walking around with Sibhas in their hands, uh, for which act of benevolence the people thanked God Almighty. Mulana continues, he says, continuing the account relating to the Islamization of the Mongols' kingdom of Persia, Arnold writes, his, Yani Ghazan's brother, uh, Uljaitu, uh, who succeeded him in 1304 under the name Muhammad uh, Khuda Banda, which is a Persian expression meaning the slave of God. Muhammad Khuda Banda. Banda is a cognate for the English word like bondsman, like bondage is slavery. So he's Khuda, is God, is the God's slave, Muhammad, uh, had been brought up as a Christian in faith. Uh, uh, the faith of his mother and had been also baptized under the name Nicholas. But after his mother's death, uh, while he was still a young man, he became a convert to Islam through the persuasions of his wife. Uh, Ibn Battuta says uh, uh, his example exercised a great influence on the Mongols. From this time forward, Islam became the paramount faith uh, in the kingdom uh, of the Ilkhans, which is a good lesson for all of us. Don't ever clown a guy just because he converted to uh, marry a Muslim girl. You know, you never know. You never know. You don't know which homicidal, genocidal maniac Nicholas is baptized. Nicholas is hanging out out, out there and just uh, uh, you know, one la ilaha illallah away from a nikah and from a good end. And the Muslims will benefit from it, inshallah. So coming to the story of the spread of Islam, 
uh, in the Middle Kingdom of the Mongols, Arnold says, The details we possess of the progress of Islam in the Middle Kingdom, which fell to the lot of the Chagatai and his descendants, uh, are still more meager. Chagatai is like the, the area where Uzbekistan is. Uh, several of the princes of this line had a Muhammadan minister in their service, but they showed themselves unsympathetic to this faith of Islam. Chagatai himself harassed his Muhammadan subjects by regulations that restricted their ritual observances in respect of the killing of animals for food and ceremonial washings. It's, in, it's interesting that they banned people from making ghusl uh, uh, and they banned people from slaughtering animals, dabiha. Right? We're here roving around the backwoods of Bayou country looking for halal slaughtermen. Um, what happened was that the Mongols, when they like all of a sudden conquer this huge world empire, they have a huge state and they have no legal apparatus. They have no laws. And so what happens is they see the Sharia of the Muslims and they say, well, we should have our own law as well. And so what happens is that uh, uh, Genghis Khan will uh, uh, have codified the Yasa, their tribal customary law. And so the law, Yasa was known to have several dozens of, of laws. Uh, one of which, which is really interesting, is that you cannot pollute a body of water. They would kill. They, I mean, they considered it to be a sacrilege, uh, unholy that if you polluted a body of water, you should treat like bodies of water with, with faith. In fact, Chinggis Khan, the word Chinggis, Chinggis in the Turkic language to this day it means ocean, and it's not his name. His actual name was Timujin, which means iron. Uh, 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 that was his, his actual birth name. Is a tough guy, but his reignal title as emperor was was uh, Chinggis, which means ocean, because the ocean is generous. It keeps giving. It keeps giving. So he wouldn't have been happy with what happened with the whole Deepwater Horizon pipeline spill, you know. Uh, uh, just to let you know, there are more than one type of barbarian out there, mashallah. So they had this Yasa, which is this entire like ceremonial Mongol tribal law. And uh, when they saw that the Muslims have a way of slaughtering animals, they said, we should have a way to slaughter animals as well, because they would just eat carrion or whatever, kill an animal, and that's it, right? So uh, the great Khan decreed that just like the Muslims slit the throat in order to bleed the animal out and kill it as quickly and humanely as possible, that the Mongols will slit the stomach of the animal open, reach in and grab the beating heart and pull it out and let it beat in their hand. And, uh, 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 and to slaughter an animal in any way other than that was a violation of the Yasa. Now one very interesting issue with the Yasa was this, is that it had dozens of laws, they codified them, they had them written down, but they didn't have any sort of codification of sentencing. Right here, if you shoplift, you're probably not going to go get a life per, uh, sentence or lethal injection. You know they'll probably fine you or give you some days in jail or whatever. You know there's sentencing guidelines that are oftentimes just as complicated as the sentencing guidelines of uh, the Sharia are, or perhaps even more. And uh, uh, so the Yasa has no sentencing guidelines, so they just said, okay, well, what do we do with someone who violates any of these laws? They just, just just kill him, okay. just kill him. So any Muslim who was caught ritually slaughtering uh, an animal uh, was a death sentence for them. Uh, as was, you know, someone who like takes a whiz in a river or something. Like, you pollute a body of water, that's it. The Mongols are going to crack you. So Chagatai harassed them uh, that Arnold is mentioning that. I just mentioned that that, uh, that, 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 uh, that was something that was instituted from the time of Chinggis Khan. The Chagatai harassed his Muhammadan subjects by regulations that restricted their ritual observances in respect to the killing of animals for food and ceremonial washings. Al-Juzjani says that he was the bitterest enemy of the Muslims among all Mongol rulers and did not wish anyone to utter the word Musulman before him except for with evil purpose. Uh, Urghana, the wife of his grandson and successor, Qara Hulegu, Black, Black Hulegu, 
but not in the not in the African American sense. This is something different. Uh, brought up uh, her son as a Muslim under the name Mubarak Shah. Uh, and he came forward in 1264 as one of the claimants to the disputed succession of the Chagatai Khanate. But he was soon driven from the throne by his uh, cousin, Burak Khan, and appears to have exercised no influence on behalf of his faith. Indeed, judging uh, from their names, it would not appear that any of their own children even adopted the religion of their father. Burak Khan is said to have had the, bless, uh, uh, the blessedness of receiving the light of faith a few days before his death in 1270, and to have taken the name Sultan Ghiyafuddin, the aid of the, the life-giving aid of, of the deen. But he was buried according to the ancient funeral rites of the Mongols and not as a Muslim. And those who had been converted during his reign relapsed into their former heathenism. It was not until the next century that the conversion of uh, Tarmashirin Khan uh, uh, in 1326 caused Islam to be at all genuine, genuinely adopted by the Chagatai Mongols who... Uh, when they followed the example of their chief at this time, remained true to their faith. But even now, the ascendancy of Islam was not assured for uh, Buzun, who was, a, was Khan in the next generation, uh, uh, the next decade, the chronology is uncertain, drove uh, Tarmashirin from his throne and persecuted the Muslims. And it was not until some years later that we hear the first Muslim king of Kashgar, uh, which the breakup of the Chagatai uh, dynasty had erected into a separate kingdom. So Kashgar is a city in East, uh, uh, East Turkestan occupied by the Chinese, Allah Ta'ala free them. Uh, this prince, uh, Tukluk Timur Khan, Timur is also again a word meaning iron, it's uh, related to the word Timujin, which is the original name, name of Genghis Khan. The Tukluk, uh, Tukluk is a word in their language meaning sword, the iron sword Khan prince uh, is said to have owed his conversion to, the, to a holy man from Bukhara by the name Sheikh Jamaluddin. This sheikh, uh, in company with a number of travelers, had uh, unwittingly trespassed on the game preserves of the prince, their hunting grounds, who ordered them to be bound hand and foot and brought before him. So that jamaat had a hard time. They had a hard tashkil. Yeah. They were ordered to be bound hand and foot and brought before him. In his reply to angry question how they had dared interfere with his hunting, the sheikh pleaded that they were strangers and quite unaware that they were trespassing on forbidden ground. Learning that they were Persians, the prince uh, said that a dog was worth more than a Persian. Yes, replied the sheikh, if we had not true faith, we would indeed be worse than the dogs. Struck by his reply, the Khan ordered this bold Persian to be brought before him uh, on his return from hunting and taken, uh, taking him aside, asked him to explain what he meant by these words and what was faith. Mashallah, mashallah, you know, Tabli always has a smart answer. Always has something, something clever to say, mashallah, mashallah. So it piqued the, piqued the Mongol chief's faith, uh, chief piqued, piqued his interest, I should say. The sheikh then set before him the doctrines of faith with such fervor and zeal that the heart of the Khan that before had been hard as a stone was melted like wax and so terrible a picture did the holy man draw of, a state, of, the, of the state of disbelief that the prince was convinced of the blindness of his own error but said, were I now to make profession of the faith of Islam, I should not be able to lead my subjects to the true path. But bear with me a little, and when I have entered into possession of the kingdom of my forefathers, come to me again. For the empire of Chagatai had been by this time broken up into a number of petty princedoms, and it was many years before Tughluq Timur succeeded in uniting uh, uh, under his sway the whole empire as it was before. 
Meanwhile, uh, Sheikh Jamaluddin had returned to his home where he fell dangerously ill. At the point of death, he said to his son Rashiduddin, Tughul Timur will one day become a great monarch. Fail not to go to him and salute him in my name and fearlessly remind him of the promise he had made me. Some years later, when Tughluq Timur had rewon the empire of his fathers, Rashiduddin made his way to the camp of the Khan to fulfill the last wishes of his father. But in spite of all his efforts, he could not gain an audience with the Khan. At length, he devised the following expedient. One day, in the early morning, he began to chant the call of prayers close to the Khan's tent, which is not a good way of surviving uh, uh, for most people, but when you're good, you know you're good. He said he started to call the Adhan, he started to chant the call of prayer uh, close to the Khan's tent. Enraged at having his slumbers disturbed in this way, the prince ordered him to be brought into his presence, whereupon Rashiduddin delivered his father's message. Uh, Tughluq Khan was not unmindful of his promise and said, Ever since I ascended the tr- throne, I have had it on my mind that I made that promise. But the person to whom I gave the pledge never came. Now you are welcome. He then repeated the profession of faith and became a Muslim. On that morning, the sun of bounty rose out of the east of divine favor and it faced the dark night of unbelief. That's a quote by Arnold, by the way. What did he say uh, upon hearing of Tughluq Timur's shahada that he said the Kaliman became Muslim? He said, on that morning, the sun of bounty rose out of the east of divine favor and he faced the dark night of unbelief. Mawlana uh, Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi continues. He said, certain Turk historians have related the story of Tughluq Timur's conversion in greater detail and reported the dialogue verbatim between him and Jamaluddin. Tughluq Timur had inquired, pointing out toward his dog whether Jamaluddin was better than the beast. Jamaluddin calmly replied, if I pass away from this world with my faith intact, I would be better than the dog. If not, the dog would be better than me. Taken aback by this reply, Tughluq Timur uh, uh, asked uh, what he meant by faith. And thus, uh, uh, he was eventually led to embrace Islam as related by Arnold. It is thus certain that a word uttered by Jamaluddin in all sincerity was the ultimate cause of of the conversion of Tughluq Timur and the spread uh, of Islam in his realm, a feat which could not have perhaps been accomplished by a thousand speeches or the might of arms. Turning to the spread of Islam amongst that branch of the Golden Horde, which was succeeded by uh, Ogutai, or Ogutai, uh, the third son of Chinggis Khan, under which Qublai Khan later brought the whole of China, Arnold said, Scattered up and down uh, throughout the length uh, and breadth of the Mongol Empire, there must have been many followers of the Prophet wasallam, who labored successfully and unknown to win unbelievers to the faith. In the reign of Ogodai, we read of a certain Buddhist governor of Persia named Kurgus, who in his later years uh, abjured Buddhism and became a Muslim. In the reign of Timur Khan, uh, uh, Ananda, the great-grandson of uh, Kublai uh, 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 and the viceroy of Kansu, uh, was a zealous Muslim and had converted a great, number of Pers- uh, a great many numbers of persons in Tangut and won over a large number of troops under his command to the same faith. He was summoned to court and efforts were made to induce him to conform to Buddhism and on his refusing to abandon his faith was cast into prison. But he was shortly uh, uh, after set at liberty for fear of an insurrection amongst the inhabitants of uh, uh, the Tangut who were much attached to him. MashaAllah, blessed is a, a, a Mubarak Amir and uh, blessed are uh, those who
who follow and uh, show wafa to him. Uh, in this way, uh, Islam won over in a short time uh, uh, its most innervate enemy who had trampled underfoot the entire Islamic world and whose onslaught for a time uh, no Muslim power was able to withstand. Islam again proved uh, that it possessed an irresistible charm which can captivate the hearts of its bitterest foe. The Mongols, after accepting the faith of Islam, produced a large number of scholars, theologians, and doctors of faith, uh, as well as uh, those who fought in the way of God and served to defend Islam on many a critical occasion. Iqbal rightly said, a sign manifested adduced a charge of Tatar hordes that defenders ear flock to the Kaaba uh, uh, from the heathen brutes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us uh, tawfiq. Uh, the chapter regarding the Mongol desolation is uh, over inshallah and then from tomorrow we'll read about the life of Mulan Jalaluddin Rumi. But uh, before uh, signing off for today, I just wanted to remind people that the, the Mongol hordes were not converted through appeasement. Uh, if you want to appease somebody by appealing to your religion, you're not going to be able to compete with Buddhists and with, uh, uh, with Christians. You know, they say go, eat, drink, be merry. Richard Gere, make whatever movie you want to. The Dalai Lama got your back. You know, uh, you do whatever you want. Uh, uh, you can do whatever kind of violation of Me Too. You can enslave people. You can kill people. You can rape, murder, steal their land. Do whatever you want to. Commit whatever crime, blue collar or white collar you want to. Uh, 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 the priests promise the people that they'll be absolved of their sins, even though they're not going to be absolved of anything. But it's a false promise and people buy it. They eat it for breakfast. So if you're a Muslim and you tell people, oh, you know, well, Islam, you know, really uh, is the same as American this and that. And, uh, you know, Islam believes all the same things that you guys believe. And, uh, you know, all that appeasement, you're not going to really, you're not going to make headway. You're not going to compete with them. And uh, the problem is more so than not being able to compete with them. You're selling yourself short. You're selling your deen short. You're selling the Prophet Sallallahu uh, 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 amana that he kept at great difficulty to himself the companions paid bitterly for you're selling all of that trust short and it will not be uh, something accepted by Allah Ta'ala and it will not please Allah Ta'ala rather the deen is what it is we ourselves are imperfect people that's fine we don't have to harass and browbeat people but uh, the deen is what it is we need to respect that and we need to keep it real um, only the person who has the guts to walk up to the Mongol commander's tent and give the adhan of Fajr, uh, knowing full well that uh, this is it. You know, you know, they say go big or go home. Uh, in this case, it's go big or go home in a body bag. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, those people, because they believed uh, in the deen like that, the Mongols uh, who, you know, for all their barbarity and for all of the, the destruction that they caused, uh, they were human beings and they knew uh, they knew what death was and they knew when they looked in a man's eye who is brave, who has courage and who has nobility and uh, who is just another type of livestock in their eyes uh, to be sent to the slaughterhouse. And uh, it impressed them. Uh, and how could it not? Uh, it's the deen of Allah Ta'ala. So if a person wants to carry it, let them carry it. You know, Let them have some sort of conviction in their heart and let them uh, be real. Uh, and, and keep the weak sauce stuff at home uh, because it's not going to help you not in this world it'll humiliate you in this world and it'll humiliate you in the hereafter that let a person keep it real even if it's small you know you don't got to do a whole lot you don't got to keep a big program but even if it's small just uh, this one small thing you do keep it real uh, keep it sincere and pure there's no way to uh, uh, raise up uh, in the court of Allah Ta'ala and your value 
uh, better than sincerity, even if in small things, because all things are small toward Allah Ta'ala, but sincerity isn't small. Allah loves sincerity. Allah make us from the mukhlisin. Allah Ta'ala reward our forefathers who uh, gave uh, this deen uh, to uh, even their most bitter enemies at the greatest of peril. And Allah Ta'ala reward those uh, uh, enemies that became pious and beloved brothers uh, through this uh, kalima of La ilaha illallah. Allah Ta'ala unite us all through it. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.